football in Philadelphia is a lifestyle, a passion from birth, and a personal responsibility to know the game. Boo when necessary. And think about B-A-T-L-E-S Eagles! Every second of every minute of every hour of every day. Birds 365 was created for you. Jody Mack, the legendary sports talker, joins forces with NFL insider John McMullen. Birds 365. Start your morning with Johnny Mack and Jody Mack across the Jacob Media Network. Watch it live on YouTube. Live from the PropSwap studios of AM 1490 Sports Betting Radio and distributed by the Jacob Media Network, it's Extending the Play with John McMullen, powered by PropSwap. PropSwap that ticket and cash in while the odds have improved. Are you ready? It's your time, South Jersey, and our time on AM 1490 Sports Betting Radio for extending the play with your host, NFL insider, John McMullen. Today's program is presented by Malamut Law, Cherry Hill Disc Centers, and Dr. Charles McCabe, DelVal Insurance, and Thrive Financial Services. Now, here's John McMullen. E-A-T-L-E-S, Ah, good morning, South Jersey. A chilly one. We've reached April on the calendar, and that means NFL Draft Month. Johnny Mack alongside Ryan Rothstein, Prop Swap Studios, AM 1490 Sports Betting Radio, extending the play. It is. It feels like football weather. I'm not. I'm not sure. I'm happy about that part of it, Ryan. I imagine we'll turn the corner at some point, but it certainly hasn't been the last two days. So, hope everybody. It stays warm. I think it's going to get a little bit hotter. And as we get uh, a little bit hotter, the NFL draft uh, gets a little bit hotter. And we, you and I, uh, each night on The Fix, your show here on AM 1490 Sports Betting Radio, 730, we've been discussing the many pro days that have gone on throughout this month. I'm trying to get to the finish line. (laughs) Good luck. I'm struggling. (laughs) Uh, they end next week. That's the good news. And then next weekend, a, a week from today, uh, we'll be doing extending the play. And uh, we're going to have the medical evaluations in Indianapolis, Ooh. which is uh, a big part of it. And, you know, one of the key prospects, I know Eagles fans are, uh, let's be honest, with they want a playmaker. But if they're not going to get a playmaker – and they're not going to get a playmaker. Let's <laughs> let's whisper that. I think the next sort of page they would turn to is cornerback. Uh, and there's three of them, and 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 J.C. Horn, who's the son of Joe Horn, and yeah, Patrick Sertain Jr., the son of obviously Patrick Sertain, and then the third one would be Caleb Farley who doesn't have the bloodline, but really early in this process, Ryan, he was considered cornerback one, so to speak, the number one cornerback. And then all of a sudden he's got back surgery uh, and people are getting a little wary 
of what's going on there. So that's why that's a perfect example of why those medical checks in Indianapolis are are, are so so important, far more important than the four two you just saw yesterday. <laughs> I, I'm four the three and shorts Hall of Fame. Yes. far more important, which everybody does. Yeah, and uh, the 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 numbers this year have been just off the wall, which I think partially is no structure. Uh, you know. Time, there's not the laser time at the, the NFL Combine where you see, you see that if you're watching it on the NFL Network, typically you'll see early, you'll see big numbers. Oh, so-and-so ran a 4-4, and then the official comes in, and it's actually a 4-5-1 or something like that. So I, I've joked, but it's not really a joke. I put a point one on everybody's 40 time, and I think that gives you a better indication of what's going on. I really do. <laughs> Is the 40 the most important piece to the pro days? Because it, it seems to be the most popular every year from the fans. Well, I think it's the most popular for the fans. Oh, for, yeah, well, for sure. For, for, you know, for the same reason. I mean, why do fans always want playmakers? Why do they want wide receivers? And yeah, speed. Why do they want, and, yeah, I mean, they love it. Yeah. And nobody cares about the offensive linemen. And no. How quick they've done the three-count. Although you do have the nerds. I, I You do have... Uh, when I when I floated the name Greg Russo potentially uh, to the Eagles, I got to tell you, I took a beating. <laughs> I, I took a beating, and you know why I took a beating? Why is that? Bad three cone time. <laughs> oh no, a bad three cone time. Well, he's going to be a bust. That's uh, it. Yeah, exactly. Forget it. Yeah, uh, uh, you know, uh, he, he, you know, he had fifteen and a half sacks uh, as a uh, red shirt freshman. <laughs> believe it or not. And then he opted out last year uh, due to COVID, so he didn't play. So he's one of those guys who there's not a lot out there on him. But he's six six. He's rangy. He's an edge rusher. He's productive every time he goes out there. I've heard the comparison to Calais Campbell. Uh, obviously, I, I hesitate to compare any young player to any star player, but I think the Eagles fans would like that if he turns into that type of player. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I mean. Look, usually explosive edge rushers, uh, uh, rushers do have good three cone times or do have better three cone times. But then, and this is what everybody missed, and maybe this is getting in the weeds a little bit. And we'll get into the playmakers and the more exciting stuff after the break. But he tripped on his three cone, and then the second time he hit the cone. So he didn't have a good day. <laughs> yeah, not the best day. No. It doesn't seem like he had the best day. Which is ironic because the second criticism he always gets, and this is Greg Russo from Miami, Florida, uh, is he only had one year of production. Now, to me is, he's only played one year. He had extraordinary production. Mm -hmm. uh, and then the second year he opted out. So if you came to me and he followed up his big year, with a bad year, that would be more meaningful to me than a guy who just opted out. Right. No, absolutely. He didn't play poorly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you want to see them trending in the right direction, obviously. You yeah, know, but you'd, you'd prefer he was on the field. Yeah, But sure. then the, sec the, the third part of this is, what you know, he's been working out with Chuck Smith, who's probably the guy when it comes to pass rushing – personal tutors, former Atlanta Falcon, if you remember him, uh, and, and, he, and he works exclusively with pass rushers. So you and I have had this discussion on the fix before. 
you know, in a lot of ways, you know, what is it? <laughs> if he piles up another 15 and a half sacks against ACC teams right. versus working with an NFL pass rusher who knows how to do it every day, what's more valuable when you're, when you're trying to get ready for the next level? Well, for him, yeah, it's a no-brainer. It's working with, you know, the, the expert. But when you talk about value – is it fair to say he needs to understand what these NFL teams are are looking at, and that decision could in negatively impact his value? Well, and that's going to be that's uh, that's I think the unknown part. That to me is the most interesting part because yeah. NFL teams are going to have to look at this, and, and they don't have as much information as they usually do because so many people did opt out, whether they did it completely like Russo or for certain Jamar Chase opted out. Nobody mm-hmm. has any problems with that. Uh, he's everybody wants him. So, but the irony to me is you, the same people criticizing Greg Rousseau says he only has one year of film and he had a bad three count. So I, I, you know, why, <laughs> why is, why is uh, granted you can criticize, why is the one year of film not good enough? But the one day of three cone is good enough to <laughs> right. say he's a crit. I, I mean, it's just we are. Yeah, it's called silly season. We have reached peak silly season. I think it's because fans feel like he doesn't belong there. Well, yeah, exactly. You know? You're looking right. for the reason. Yeah, like, well, this guy shouldn't I, be I, here. I want Devonte Smith. So right, exactly. I got to cut down everybody else. <laughs> exactly. Uh, and, and uh, yeah, I do think that's what's going on, and I think Dan Orlovsky got a lot of that. We'll get we'll get into Dan a little bit because he he got in a oof, he got in a controversy a little bit. But we'll be talking more. It's NFL Draft Month, so we're getting deep into the weeds with the NFL Draft here on AM fourteen ninety Sports Betting Radio. More extending the play. Welcome back. Extending the play. It's Saturday morning. Sunny Saturday morning in South Jersey. Johnny Mack alongside Ryan Rothstein here at AM 1490 Sports Betting Radio. The Prop Swap Studios talking NFL draft. I'm also getting ready for Birds 365 on Monday morning with Jody McDonald. Uh, that'll air 8 to 10 live streaming on phillyvoice.com, youtube.com. And obviously, you'll be able to watch it anytime on the Jacob Media YouTube page. So excited about that. Every every weeknight, you can hear me right here on AM 1490 locally with Ryan at 730 on his show, The Fix. But that's enough. Uh, enough promoting. Enough promoting. Let's nah. get down. Yeah, let's- 365 is, is exciting, man. You know. Yeah, it's very exciting. Yeah. You know, we always talk about... And, and you, uh, obviously, on the fix, talk about everything, and you're talking about Phillies, Sixers, Flyers. We got everything going today. Yep. Um, Sixers uh, play tonight. Yeah, so it, it's almost not four for four because, obviously, but yeah. the Eagles are always in the forefront. But um, exciting time of year uh, for everything going on at once, and especially coming off the pandemic. That was rough Yeah. Uh, to get through that and – Fans you know, are coming back. Fans are coming back. That's exciting. Even, and, and I said it with the Super Bowl, man. There were, I, I forget what the final number. It was like 22,500. 22, yeah. It was just, 
such a big difference when fans were in the stadium versus not in places like even Green Bay and Kansas City as we got later into the season where there would be 10,000, whatever, 15,000 fans. It just it makes it so much better. It does. Would you go to a game right now? Yeah, well, I've been to a game. I've well, I know, there. but you know, still, but covering it. But would you go as a fan? No, if but said, I wouldn't hey, go as a fan anyway, because of bother. Yeah. I, I mean, You'd I, rather that's, be at home. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, would I go from a safety standpoint? As I assume what you're asking yeah. me, yeah, I, yeah, I would. Okay. Yeah. All right. I got half a vaccine. <laughs> I got a vaccine. I got a mask. <laughs> I got to get. No, I got. I got to get the second shot. But uh, I, I would have went anyway. I would have went before but that's you know that's obviously yeah. a personal decision absolutely and uh my issues with going to sporting events is uh you know i don't like traffic <laughs> <laughs> like getting there or the traffic of people being next to you that's just as annoying uh yeah both <laughs> yeah i i mean i it's to me it's you know uh, like when i cover a game it's it's not it's not as bad because i get there early and i leave late yeah. But every once in a while, do a pregame show um, for Jake and Media, and I would have to get through that crowd like an hour before an Eagles game. Yeah, uh, that's, that's a nightmare. That's the closest I ever came to often myself. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm sorry I brought this up. <laughs> this is a touchy subject for John. No, I, <laughs> no, I know. I'm joking. It's, it's, it's terrible. Yeah. Um, but, I, yeah. So, I yeah, I... Especially now that you have HD television and all that. Yeah, instant replay. Yeah, Come I on. question why fans want to go. But I, uh, at the same time, they make a big difference, man. It makes it Huge. makes a big difference with, with the excitement level. And I've talked about NFL stadiums. You know, you think about especially You think about the new stadium in Los Angeles. I think they ended up spending $4 billion on that. <laughs> Four billion dollars, and nobody's in it. It yeah. finally opens, and nobody's in it. It's the most expensive studio stage right. in history built. Essentially, that's yeah. what it was. It was a TV sound stage, and that's depressing. Haven't they been following the team out there? <laughs> like maybe we shouldn't put four billion into this stadium that no one's going to come to. Yeah, well, I mean, obviously they started building it before, but I, I you know, still, I, I question that in general. That's a larger societal question. Should we really be spending that much money mm -hmm. uh, on, you know, let's be honest, entertainment? I mean, it's yeah. not, it's not important, and I think that's one of the issues. A lot of people's, uh, you know, parts of life and and what they have and feel is important has shifted a lot because of the pandemic, but we're getting way too depressing. So yeah, let's get I gotta... it back. I did want to ask you this. We talk about playmakers and we talked a lot about this on the fix for weeks now, but for people that maybe haven't caught that or are still unsure about what the Eagles are going to do at 12, the odds of them getting a wide receiver right now, low in your mind. Well, I, I think they're low, but I think they're low because I don't think the team wants a wide receiver. I think they were always low. I think they were low at six. I think they're low at 12. I think they'd be low if they were dropped down again. Yeah. I think they'd be low if they get up again. I, I, I just don't think they want a receiver at that part of the draft. And part of it is, uh, and I've, I've 
I've mentioned this before is how many assets they've allocated already to that position. Now, you can look at that in two ways, Ryan. You could say you can't be a slave to mistakes of the past, but I, I uh, Carson Wentz is a good example. Yeah, yeah, but but that took years. I yeah. mean, we're we're five years. You know, Jalen Rager's been here for one season, had a lot of injuries. I mean, are we going to write off that kid? I don't think you can write him off. No. No, you can't write them off, but I just think from the fan perspective, of course, everything's exaggerated and dramatic and negative, but they just haven't seen any wide receiver develop. So you come in in your first year with the way things have been going at that position, they feel like the Eagles staff and the team is just the kiss of death right now. Well, and I think the hope there has to be that the new staff does a better job with player development because that's what has to be done. And if that takes place, well, maybe – your thinking shifts a bit. But if you want to play that negative sort of Nelly role and say, well, there has been no player development, which, by the way, I agree with. It's been really, really bad. And I always say, you know, the minute you hand in that card, Ryan, <laughs> so many fans think that it's over. We got a great player. Yeah. Well, I, you know, if Jamar Chase comes here and they don't develop him and they don't scheme right and they don't. There's no guarantee, even a player of that talent level. Yeah, it's it's interesting because fans are smart enough to use that for quarterbacks. Like, oh, if, you know, if the, if this quarterback goes to the Jets, we all know they haven't been able to develop anyone. Yeah, but when it comes to any other position, it's, no, it's like, like it's like that's it. Once you get to the this pros, guy's that's good, it. this guy's good, this guy's not, right. this guy's good, and then it ends, and they're forever good or they're forever, forever bad. bad. And J.J. Ortega-Whiteside, it's two seasons, so I understand why people are ready to give up there. But again, it's at least you can say it's a new coaching staff. Now, granted, Aaron Moorhead will be back, one of the few, as a position coach at wide receiver. But also remember uh, the long history of the turnstile at that position coach from starting through the Doug Peterson era. It was one year with Greg Lewis. Uh, one year with Mike Grow, four and five years, right? Yeah, one yeah. year it was Gunner Brewer. You almost forget him. Then it was Carson Walsh. Then it was Aaron Moorhead. Different wide receiver coach every year. The only one who was successful uh, was really Mike Grow, and he got promoted right away to be the offensive coordinator. So no consistency at the position coach. Uh, now at least you have that with Aaron Moorhead. So we'll see. I mean, also remember. It, it only wasn't uh, uh, Jalen Rager last year. They also spent draft picks on John Hightower and Quez Watkins. Yeah. How many how many bodies are you going to run through that position at the detriment, obviously, if you're taking another wide receiver and another wide receiver, you're not taking other positions. And there are other needs on this team, significant needs. Yeah, and I think that's that's another problem with the perception, at least from the fan standpoint. The wide receiver position is the flashiest and what fans look at because they love their scoring. It's all about offense now. But because this team has so many needs, you don't know which direction is the right one, and there really isn't a wrong direction right now, maybe one or two. But for the most part, they have a need pretty much all over the field. Yeah. So what do they do? And and, and one of the things um, the Eagles have gotten right, and 
I was hoping to get Joe Banner on, on Birds 365 for opening week. He just underwent back surgery, so that's not oh. going to be possible. So we hope Joe gets uh, well soon. Um, but I was uh, talking to him a little bit, and he, this mentality of uh, building up front on both sides of the football is a good one. I, I mean, from a common sense standpoint, not not only if you look at the Eagles' success over the past two decades, which, again, everything, when you judge teams, you're judging them against other teams. Yeah. And over that two-decade period, while the Eagles are not number one by any stretch of the imagination, they're certainly top ten, and you could argue top five. They've had, in other words, what I'm trying to say here is, They've had more success than most teams with this philosophy. So I think to go away from that philosophy is 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 dumb for a couple reasons. That's the obvious one. The less obvious one is you, you can have a, a great quarterback. You could have a good running back. You could have two great receivers. You could have a, a good tight end. What are they going to do if the five guys up front can't block? Right. What what if the, what are they going to do? Unless you're Russell Wilson. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, that's true. And and but even Russell Russell's starting to take hits. Yeah. No, exactly. You know, I, I think if you're looking at it from a one-year perspective, what's more important to assess Jalen Hurts this upcoming season? Adding an offensive lineman or adding a weapon/wide receiver for him? I I I think uh, you, and this is one of my pet peeves as well, because I've heard this argument that you can't judge Jalen Hurts with these skill position players. Right. I've heard that. Right. I've heard that constantly. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, he doesn't have Jamar Chase or he doesn't have <laughs> Kyle Pitts, so we can't fairly judge um, Jalen Hurts. Believe me, after 16 games, the Eagles will have gotten a, a lot tape. of information on Jalen Hurts. Now – it, it's always graded on a scale. You know going in, if you don't have playmakers, you don't have playmakers. You know that's going to be an issue. But you're not looking for that. You're looking for leadership. You're looking for processing skills. You're looking for getting into good plays, getting out of bad plays. All these things, they have nothing to do. It, it, in, any, in a lot of ways, if you do have, say, uh, a superstar receiver. So whoever you want to name, I I brought up Calvin Johnson in recent days, Randy Moss. Go back to Jerry Rice. Maybe they're making a quarterback look better than he really is, and you you could look at it that way as well. So the assumption that you can't evaluate Jalen Hurts without getting a star receiver on this team is nonsense, and I, I would. Plenty of fans had no problems evaluating Carson Wentz. Where's his star receiver? Fair. Yeah. I, I mean, no, it's fair. So, I, I, I mean, the fact that NFL teams can't evaluate, they know what they have better than anybody. Yeah, and they're looking at details where fans are just looking at final scores and how many touchdowns did he throw. He could go, you know, zero touchdowns, three picks in a game, but – his mechanics are there. He's leading at the line of scrimmage. Like, those are the more detailed, important aspects, right? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> and those those are the issues I had a problem with Carson Wentz. They're not the – was the, the lack of ball security, the poor footwork, the mechanics where he went backwards. 
when I criticize him, that's the stuff I'm looking at, not the right. fact that his best receiver is Travis Fulgham. That's baked in. I know. That's an issue. <laughs> right. That's a big issue. Yeah. And, and then you have, you know, but that, that's – that's life in the big city. If you're if you're an NFL quarterback, you're just going to take hits if if your supporting cast is. Yeah, if you're losing games and your cast stinks and everything else that took place. Yeah, and that's yeah. kind of what happened to Doug Peterson and 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 Carson Wentz and why so quickly we're off a Super Bowl championship. So um, that's just part of it. And uh, you know the old the old adage is the fact that. Uh, Quarterbacks get too much credit when teams win. They get too much blame when teams lose. We all yeah. understand that. Every single NFL quarterback understands that. And Jalen Hurts understands that. But let's get, you know, before the – we'll have to talk about the number change and the conspiracy theory. I got – I like to throw out a conspiracy theory. I got one this week for you, Ryan. I love a good conspiracy theory. Thanks to Twitter, of course. And we'll get to that more extending the play. AM 1490 Sports Betting Radio. Welcome back. AM 1490 Sports Betting Radio. Extending the play. Johnny Mack, Ryan Rostein talking Eagles lead up to the NFL draft, a big draft in the transition period for the Eagles. You know, not not a Sam Hinkie process, but I think a two-year process. That's what everybody is thinking. Now, before – I want to get into that, Ryan, but I want to throw out this conspiracy theory because I threw Please. one out last week. It was pretty popular, so I'm going to throw out this one. All right. And I give this to uh, a Twitter follower, so I'll give him the credit for it, and I'll try to look up the exact name as I, as I do this. But uh, Carson Wentz is wearing number two in Indianapolis um, now. Because Michael Pittman, of all people, won't give up number eleven, which is bizarre. So, but that's it's an, the hill and, he's dying on. But yeah, okay. that that it, which is weird because he's a wide receiver. You would think he would want to make the guy getting you the football <laughs> a little happy, but mm. nonetheless, maybe Carson didn't want eleven. Maybe he wanted to turn the page. But so he went to number two, uh, and also I posted his new AO uh, AO one foundation uh, gear. So it's all obviously blue now. The Indianapolis Colts blue. That that took people. That they they didn't like that. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. you know, what do you think? What, he was what, what, do? Yeah. What do you what I do you mean, think he's going to do? But nonetheless, <laughs> uh, so he moved to number two, and then back in Philadelphia, a couple days uh, uh, yesterday, actually, the Eagles announced number two, Jalen Hurts is becoming. Number one, oh, <laughs> QB one is number one, and a fan was saying, "Is that a dig at Carson Wentz?" Hey, Man. it's not. No, it's <laughs> it's not. Is Jalen Hurts that petty? <laughs> it's interesting. He was two at Alabama, I believe. Then he was yeah. one at Oklahoma, and now he's two at Philadelphia and one, and now he's going to be one in Philadelphia. Um. But yeah, I mean that's it, it, that's where we are. People are saying I, I, Jalen Hurts doesn't care. He probably likes he likes the number one. He's not taking a dig at Carson Wentz. That's where we are. That's where <laughs> that's, we are with people. It's the NFL offseason, man, and Twitter. It's a dangerous combination. <laughs> it really is. It's deadly. You throw in maybe maybe a little Bombay Sapphire. Uh, gin on top of it. I Seriously. think these people would would their head would explode. But 
Um, yeah, so that was the conspiracy that Jalen Hurts changed to tweet Carson Wentz because he's number one. Yeah. And Carson's number two. Hey, maybe that bothers Carson once. It might. That <laughs> no. part. That part might be true. <laughs> that, that might be accurate. That might. But that, it, Carson's got, and I like Carson personally. I, I always say it. Um, but he, he he's too sensitive, man. You can't be sensitive to play quarterback in the NFL. No, and fine. I understand Indy is different, but if you play like you did last year, what do you think the result is going to be? He's going to get killed he's, in Indy. He's going to get killed. It's going to get killed anywhere. There, there, there is nowhere you can hide if you play the way Carson Wentz played last season. Right. There, there's absolutely nowhere to hide. And, and he has I, a lot of pressure on him this year. Yeah, I, I mean, there's no more excuses. No. Um, you can talk about fractured relationship with Doug Peterson. Well, now Frank Reich. You have a good relationship with Frank mm-hmm. Reich, which, by the way, is Frank. He used to frustrate the living hell out of Frank Reich as well uh, because of his uh, sort of headstrong behavior. Uh, And by the way, that's not necessarily a bad thing because there are plenty of frustrating quarterbacks in this league, Aaron Rodgers being number one. Uh, And as long as you play well, it's not an issue. Um, So that excuse, the, the lack of playmakers, look, it's not great in Indianapolis, but it's a heck of a lot better than it was good. here. Yeah. The offensive line is still really good. They need to replace Anthony Costanzo. I think they'll do that in the draft or they'll come up with something. But um, you would figure it's not going to be as injury ravaged as what happened here. So they have running. You know, Jonathan Taylor was great. Um, they have a running attack. No more excuses, man. Yeah. 11 wins getting to the playoffs. I mean, you, you have – a guy in Carson Wentz now who views himself as an MVP, as a top quarterback, well, if you are, you should elevate that situation to 13 wins Oof. and a deeper playoff yeah, you're, run. You're, wow. wow. Mean, is wow. that crazy? Well, I think it is crazy. But why? I, you know why I think it's crazy? Because I don't think he's that good. Well, exactly. But <laughs> that's that's the problem. And don't you think Colts fans are – are expecting that reasonably? Uh, yeah, probably. Probably. I mean, they're going to be unrealistic. Yeah, no yeah. question. I mean, it's a playoff team, and you're right. I mean, from that perspective, I mean, Philip Rivers is last year, 39 years old. You know, Couldn't has, do anything. Uh, it, but he put up numbers. He and did. He, and he made the playoffs. So, yeah. yeah, in theory, they should be better. Uh, and I don't know if they're going to be better because I don't know. Well, if, we don't know what he is. I, I, well, I'll we say this: assume. the Carson Wentz I saw last season isn't as good as Philip Rivers. No, not even close. And not the, even close. I, I'm not talking prime Philip Rivers. I'm last talking year. 39 year old, right? Halfway to wherever he's coaching <laughs> at high school this year, Philip Rivers. Yeah, no, that's and that's part of my point. It's <laughs> if you can't be better than last year's version of Philip Rivers, it's going to get ugly up there. It's going to get ugly, and and I don't think that's him. I think he will have a better year than that, but how much is the question? Yeah, mid- Midwest nice only goes so far. So far. I mean, I I covered the Vikings for years, and Midwest nice. Uh, Minneapolis is supposed to be, or was before. Um, you know, they've had so many issues there from the riots and all that. It was supposed to be, you know, everybody has the great reputation. Everybody's so feel good about everything. And for the most part, that's true. 
<laughs> but, but they love their sports. Yeah, man. They <laughs> that and and it's very similar to Philadelphia in that they have all four sports, but the Vikings are clearly, number clearly one. number one. Yeah. And man, when they're not good, it is ugly. It's just a different version of ugly. Right? Yeah, or it's I don't not even, even that different. No. I mean, I, I would say there's more people that cover the Eagles that and I say that all the time. The Eagles yeah. have the the uh the largest media contingent in the NFL. It's even bigger than New York, Chicago, LA, Houston. Um because it's such a football crazy city. So from that aspect, you have more people that can go in a negative direction from a statistic if we want to go on an analytical standpoint. <laughs> but ugly is ugly, no matter yeah. where you are in the NFL. Yeah. And even in the Midwest, if he doesn't uh if he doesn't perform, he's he's gonna hear it and he's gonna hear about it early. And if if the same guy shows up that was here last year, he's not gonna perform. No. How, how do you how do you change that? I don't know. Like, listen, you're in a different situation. Frank Reich's now the the head coach. Who knows how he acts towards you and coaches you up, especially if you struggle early. But (laughs) I don't know. I think Carson Wentz, we're going to learn a lot about his mental toughness. Wow. Yeah, we are. Uh, And it always, uh, hopefully, will turn the page. Joe Santaliquido is going to be on uh, Birds 365 on Monday. Nice. And I got him there because hopefully I'm going to finally turn the page on Carson Wentz. I hope. <laughs> since he was the one who started it all. I'm going to have Joe finish it all. It's the final chapter. Final chapter. There you go. Uh, so another cheap plug. But before we bring this home in the final segment, I, I, I don't know if you saw Mike Sando's piece in The Athletic yesterday, Ryan. But, no. Um, he got and, – and Mike's really plugged in. So he, he got executives to basically talk about each – of the 32 teams off seasons a few tidbits here and there about what their peers what Howie Roseman's peers and every other team uh, are thinking about what that particular team is doing and from the Eagles standpoint kind of validated what I wrote on phillyvoice.com is about getting options it's about 2022 and it's really coming down to okay Jalen Hurts you have a year Great if you succeed. That's the best case scenario. If you don't, Eagles are in position to get anybody, whether it's Spencer Rattler in the draft, whether it's Russell Wilson, whether it's Deshaun Jackson, maybe is by all the legal difficulties. Even Aaron Rodgers, who's going to be hosting Jeopardy, by the way. Oh, boy. That should be interesting. I I want to just ask you this, though. If you're in a position to do whatever you want, I would do that regardless of what Jalen Hurts does this season. Like, I would still go get Russell Wilson. I would still... Yeah, but uh, here's where I differ there. Russell's going to be 33 this year. Next year, he'll be 34 in season. Um, it, Plus, he makes, you know... A, a lot of money. A lot of money, as does Aaron Rodgers. The best-case scenario is Russell Wilson... Early in his career with the Seahawks, you know, third round pick, cost effective rookie contract, you could build up the roster. That's why Jalen Hurts hitting is the best case scenario because he's still cost effective for two more years, even three if you want to take it out that far. True. And then you could build the rest of the roster. But it's also unrealistic. So that's the part I like from Howie Roseman. 
is that despite Jeffrey Lurie's decree, you have to give credit where credit's due. He has created options for the Eagles. That's what I mentioned. Optionality. I hate yeah. to use that term, but it's not Sam Hickey. It's a Daryl Morey term, so I can use it. Optionality. He did it. If they don't pull off a trade of that magnitude for Russell Wilson at quarterback, then could they have a similar type of trade at another position? Dare I say wide receiver? (laughs) Just speaking for the fans here. When you have three first-round picks, and again, everything goes back to Carson Wentz, it seems. It's all up to Carson Wentz. I mean, he's got to carry his water in Indianapolis. If he doesn't play 75% of the snaps, this whole thing doesn't work. Um, then you only have two first-round picks, which is good, but a lot less. I mean, that extra first-round pick is big when it comes to doing whatever you want to do. Yeah. If if Jalen Hurts, if you're sitting here and you get whoever, J.C. Horn or, or Vera Tucker in the first round of the draft and uh, – we fast forward to next April and say we do have to get a a, a wide receiver because Rager hasn't developed. Our Sega Whiteside would be out by then if he hasn't developed. Um, you know, maybe Quez Watkins has done nothing. John Hightower's done nothing. Uh, he, you have all the capital in the world to do whatever you want to do, including just draft a wide receiver. Uh, and that's where the Eagles are. And that's been the positive. You know, people always say the media harps on the negative. I'm sitting here giving Howie Roseman credit, and I'm getting killed on Twitter for good doing that. You can't be so when I'm negative, I get killed when I'm positive. That's the only positive you're not allowed to speak of. Yeah, is exactly. Howie Roseman. It is, it is, it is very strange, but yeah. it, it's part of the gig. It's like being a quarterback. It's, <laughs> uh, you got to fall in with all the narratives. And the reality is, uh, the Eagles aren't getting a wide receiver, and Howie Roseman isn't doing a bad job. So I'm not trying to get people angry at me. I just do it naturally. <laughs> and we got one more segment to finish that up, right? On AM 1490 Sports Betting Radio, extending the play, coming down the home stretch. Welcome back, AM 1490 Sports Betting Radio, extending the play home stretch of the April Fool's edition, I guess we'll call it. A little couple days passed. Yeah, a little bit of a force Did you get caught on anything there? April Fool's Day? No, I mean, I saw Roy Williams retired that day. Yeah. Interesting day choice. It's always interesting, you know, when you see a big story break, and that's why I, I've gone to Twitter and I recommend this to everyone. If you're if you're following, you the, usually don't start a sentence like that. No, <laughs> I recommend you yeah, going I, to Twitter. No, I don't recommend. I said <laughs> if you're on Twitter and you're you're looking for a Woj bomb or Schefter bomb, just turn on the the notifications so you don't get caught by, and then you can the turn fake, them yeah. off. You can turn them off after like trade deadline day. Yeah, turn on the notifications. And if it doesn't pop up, it's a fake account. Simple. I uh, I had a rookie mistake on the old platform that we were both on. 
I don't know, I think it was NFL free agency or maybe NBA. And I was like, oh, we have breaking news. And <laughs> no, I, yeah, I, okay. I broke the news on uh, the air. We talked about it for like 10 for, minutes. For, like, for five segments, yeah. we talked about it. The entire yeah. week. Um, no, it was like a legit 10 minutes. And then we realized, I was like, oh my uh, goodness, I need to. Got to do the mea culpa right away. Yeah. Well, it's easy, you know. If you catch it quickly, it's when you do. If you do like a whole show, <laughs> yeah, no, your, your producer's show. not paying attention. Nobody's correcting you. Right. You're talking, that's that's <laughs> the worst. That would be an April Fool's joke on me. Yes. I would feel like, yes. but uh, yeah, my point is. I was seeing that Roy Williams stuff, and it took me like five minutes because I was like, "Oh, this is an April Fool's joke." So but, yeah, well, that's see, that's good advice. I'm giving yeah. people good advice. Turn on yeah. the notifications only on big days, and then turn them off because it's annoying. <laughs> uh, but nonetheless, uh, b- before we get out of here, I do want to talk about Dan Orlovsky because he's getting killed this week because uh, he he mentioned that some people have told him around the league that Justin Fields isn't a a hard worker, and he reported this. Um, and there's a couple ways to look at that, and the fact that yeah, he's not lying, because I've heard the same thing. Um, now, teams do the, these things. They Sometimes they throw out misinformation because they're hoping Justin Fields falls to them. Right. So all this stuff, but – you know, we've gotten to the point. He got criticism because Justin is is African American, and that's been in, to some people an old trope of they don't work as hard. I got news for her. all I've said. Use Jalen Hurts is what a hard worker that kid is. Yep. I, I mean, constantly, constantly. Now Johnny Manziel is a perfect example. All I said, this guy does nothing right. except goes out and gets on TMZ and yeah parties all the time mm-hmm. look if you're a reporter and that's what dan is now and somebody tells you information you can report it and he's getting killed from other reporters that disgusts me it really does i didn't even see that i didn't realize it was other reporters oh, i mean like guys are killing them you're in the industry uh, like don't you realize that could be you and they've heard it i know they've heard it so what are they trying to prove by Going after one of their own, it's it's bad enough. You shouldn't go after anyone. Period. That's, like like that, viciously attacking them personally, and yeah. that's what this feels like. Especially if you're doing the, the same thing he is. Unless you're feeling Dan Orlovsky lied as a former NFL quarterback, and he just made that up for some reason to take aim at Justin Fields of all people. Why isn't he taking aim at Trey Lance? Why isn't he taking aim at Kellen Mond? He's not making it up. Yeah, but that's the problem with reporting something that's subjective. It's not tangible. Yeah. You know, if he says Justin Fields ran a 4-5, he should have ran a 4-4, making something up. That's tangible. But here it's like, well, no, you know, it's a he said, she said. He said he doesn't work hard. She said he does. Exactly. And they <laughs> get that throughout the league because, you know, again, we can talk about job interviews and having good days and having bad days. You can go into one job interview. One team gives you give off a vibe. Maybe you're fighting with your wife or your girlfriend. I've been there and had a yep. bad day. Yeah. Uh, and and, and you, you don't put your best self out there. Another day you do. Everything's 
hunky dory the birds yeah. are singing and when one company thinks you're a weirdo who's stupid <laughs> exactly. the other company thinks you're the next up and coming exactly so it depends on who you ask yeah <laughs> and i don't know why that's so difficult and part of the problem is i mean this this and i'll be the first to admit this lead up to the draft we talked about at the beginning of the show it's stupid it's overblown it's ridiculous. People get too worked up about it. Yep. Three cones, 40s. He's a hard worker. He's not a hard worker. Bench press. Yeah. Whatever it is. Oh, we only did 22 on the <laughs> yeah. bench press, Ryan. Yeah. Meanwhile, they've never gotten under a bench press in their life. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, believe it or not, at one time, I could get up 225. How many times? Three times, maybe. That's good. But that was... 20-something year? years ago? Oh, okay. yeah. My 20. best, I think, was 12, Ooh, 225. That's 12. really good. Yeah. That's really good. That was okay. That's it was good. okay. Yeah. Oh, well, you're not an I was offensive. On the, I was on the Barry Bonds plan. You're not, an, you're not an offensive lineman, so that's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Now, if you're going 12 in the draft, you got to get 25 or you're, you're – Oh, you're, you're, or you're garbage. Yeah. Yeah. And you should get over 30. Ben Cleveland. You know Ben Cleveland? No. Big Ben from Georgia. It's Georgia offensive lineman. So the record of bench press was, I don't know, some outrageous. I think it was 51 50, at 51. 225. And everybody was saying Ben Cleveland's going to break the record. Big Ben, the legend of Big Ben. Just this monster. If you look him up, you'll see. Um, I thought what's-his-name broke the record just to – chime in and interrupt you the guy who had that 30 for 30 who was taking a bunch of steroids and what's his name the number one overall draft pick one of the biggest busts ever tony mandridge yeah no he i thought he got yeah. up a ton of Look reps it up real quick yeah. uh bench uh nfl combine bench press record i think it's okay. 50 i think it's just over 50 but um and i forget who did it but ben uh uh there was a lot of hype with him this pro day, George's pro day, that he was going to make a run at that record. And he ended up at about oof, 33. And people are making fun of him because he puts it up 33 times. 33 times. All right. So I have the answer here. Do you want to take another stab at this? Uh, uh, only player, the record. Who holds the record? Uh, I, I forget the name. Is it Tony? No. It's not Tony. No, it's not Tony. They didn't even have I don't even think they had Really? I, okay. Is it somebody famous that I would know? I don't... Not for me. Because yeah, for you. I, I, re I remember reading it, and I All didn't right, recognize it, the name. 1999, Justin Ernest had 51 reps. Yeah, 51. Yeah. Yeah, I have no idea who that is. Yeah, I was I couldn't even tell you. you what college he went to. So, Neither could I. So, Ben Cleveland, there was a lot of hype that he was going to break that record, and he didn't get close. Um, <laughs> How far off? I think he got 33. Okay. So it, it wasn't close. But the thing is, he's this monstrous guy, and, you know, there are people mocking him because he can only lift 225 pounds, whatever, 33, 33 times. times. That's where we are in this world. It doesn't have anything to do with it. And it's not like he said, I'm going to break the record. Right. Hey, listen, 33 times for 225 on the bench press is – Pretty damn strong. Okay, yeah, he, he's going to be okay. Yeah, he's going to be just fine. Yeah. And by on. the way, they would never, ever make fun of Ben to his face. I guarantee you that. No, absolutely not. They wouldn't be in the same room, <laughs> <laughs> same state. <laughs> a 
and that's what he kind of said at his pro days. Dude. He's like, he, he, he went that route. He kind of went that good Ryan Rothstein route. He yeah. said, you've never been <laughs> yeah. under a bench press in your life. Like I'm you this loser. Like I'm this specimen. You, you a... got 12. <laughs> I'm impressed. Like 15 years I'm ago. I'm impressed. I'm very impressed. <laughs> yeah. All right. So we only have a couple minutes, but. Uh, Sixers, Flyers, Phillies, all in action today. Final four. Do you care about any of it, John? Because it's not Eagles. I, I, I care about the Sixers because I like basketball. It's way too early. I love I love baseball as well. It's way, it's just way too early to get excited about baseball. Hockey, yeah. I don't care about. Yeah, Final Four is always thrilling. Gonzaga, okay. uh, can they finally get it done? Um, they, they've been so dominant all year. They don't win games by, you know, Two, three points. They just blow everybody out. 24 is the average margin of victory Yeah, for the, so, for the tournament. I mean, if they just show up and play typical Gonzaga basketball, they're going to win the whole thing. Yeah. I don't think there's any question about that. No, I agree. They're going to be. They're going to go down as one of the greatest teams of all time. And, and, and that's the thing. That's what I love about the tournament is that you can have upsets. If Gonzaga shows up and plays their C game and you have that moment yep. where after all that dominance you have this big upset, that's that's what makes that uh great. But uh Kentucky men's basketball, twenty fourteen. Well they not, were undefeated and they lost in the final four. Yeah, and it's always, you know, when when a especially when a heavyweight like Kentucky, that makes it even better. Yeah. Because uh that's you know, whether it's Duke, New York Yankees, Dallas Cowboys, we all know that. So um, but yeah, you get it all here, and that's what we do. We extend the play. So even NCAA Final Four knowledge, all the NFL draft knowledge. Ryan Rothstein got up to 25, 12 times. We know that. No big deal. No big deal. I I only got it up three times, maybe. I don't know if you heard me. I was on eleven. <laughs> <laughs> and there you have it. More extending the play next week. AM fourteen ninety Sports Betting Radio. Listen to Burst 365 Monday. Football in Philadelphia is a lifestyle, a passion from birth, and a personal responsibility to know the game. Boo when necessary. And think about every second of every minute of every hour of every day. Birds 365 was created for you. Jody Mack, the legendary sports talker, joins forces with NFL insider John McMullen. Birds 365. Start your morning with Johnny Mack and Jody Mack across the Jacob Media Network. Watch it live on YouTube.